When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So over the past week or so, we've seen quite a bit of negative price action for both silver and gold. And I'm sure this is no surprise to you. If you've been watching the markets or even just watching some headlines, silver and gold have really been hammered over this past week. Now, I know some people immediately right off the bat without listening as to what I have to say here, they're going to comment and say, this is short-term price action. Why are you caring about this? This is day-to-day moves in the markets. You should be looking month to month, year to year, decade to decade. And you're right. I think the long-term fundamentals for silver and gold are solid, rock solid. With that being said, inevitably, there are going to be people, commentators, people that comment to my videos, etc., saying, you know, it's, it's below $16, the next stop is 14 or 12 or whatever. And, and I kind of want to give my take on just how low these metals are going to go, specifically silver. How low will silver go? Now, I, I want to make this simple for you guys. I'm not going to make you watch the whole video to get my answer. What I want to do is I want to give you a quick answer, make my case for that, and then make a case for why I think silver and gold should be and eventually will be valued much higher. Okay, so simple answer here. Are you ready? How low will silver go? Not much lower. That's the short of it. That is the short of it. You know, we've seen silver for for most of 2017, or sorry, 2018, trade in a tight range between 17 and $16, 16, $17, okay? We we saw it breach $17 twice to two significant breaches, and it got smashed down on both occasions. And this has been the first, you know, real significant breach uh, lower, below $16, um, since, you know, I would say February, really. Um, if you look, you know, I, I should say lower while it's been in this trading range. Technically, it hasn't really been below $16 um, until, you know, back to, to around December of 2017. So this is a significant breach lower. However, you know, as, as much as, you know, that $16 was kind of a key support level, I think there's um, much, much stronger support right underneath where it is right now. You know, as I record this video, and who knows, this could be different by the time you watch us. 1580, 1575, right in that range, I think is very strong support. And, and you know, basically this is just based on, on you know, some technical data. You can, you can look where silver and gold or where silver has been over the last year or two. You know, it, it hit its low in, in the winter 2017 or or December 2017 around 1575 okay almost exactly a year ago at the beginning of July it was hammered to a down to around 1560 slightly below 1560 okay and then the other low that is you know not so recent anymore but that would be December of 2016 when it was around 1572 okay and so i see that as being some very strong support in that range from around 1560 to 1575 um, i would say okay i don't think that silver is going to head much lower than that now i mean with that being said i mean take this with a grain of salt this is just my take on it um 
you know, don't take this as official investment advice or anything. This is just my take on, and, and, and there's more to it than just charts here. I, I want to talk about some other things as well, but um, I don't see it heading much lower. I don't. Now, it could be manipulated much, much lower. Obviously, we know that. It could be smashed down on a daily or weekly basis. But no, I, I think technically speaking, the charts show that there's pretty strong resistance, or sorry, support right underneath where it is right now. So, you know, to answer the question, how low will silver go? Not much lower. 10 cents, maybe 20 cents lower. Um, beyond that, those people that are saying to me, this is you, I'm not buying until it hits 15, 14, 12, 10. Um, for now, I would say keep dreaming. And, and you know, I could be totally wrong. And, and you know what? If it goes to 14, 12, 10 dollars, that's it's even it's being sold at an even greater discount at that point and and, and i think many people be you know that's a no-brainer buy it at that price obviously um but uh i'm not convinced that it's going to get that low you know i think right now where it is it's already at a discount i don't see it going much lower okay so so there is the charting aspect aspect to it um there's also you know a very strong driver of the price of silver um the dollar okay uh, now the dollar has had a relatively strong year, uh, and 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 you know not all of this downward price action has been a result of a strong dollar. With that being said, I think that the dollar is due for a correction. Okay, um, ultimately, I think that this this correction is going to come from I'd say one of two things. One of two things that that will cause a significant jump down in the dollar. I'm not talking about 50 basis points or 100 basis points in the U.S. dollar index, um, which is you know not not the Bloomberg but the the DXY. I'm not talking about. I'm talking multiple points lower. Um, there's two things that I'm looking at: a a weakening of the economy or signs of a weakening economy. Okay, we're already seeing this in in things like the yield curve, the flattening of the yield curve. I think going forward, when it comes to Q2 or quarter two GDP, quarter three GDP, we're going to see that it, it is really starting to slump. Okay, and that could be the result of different things: um, increased taxes, and you might be thinking like, what taxes? I'm talking about the the tariffs. Okay, tariffs or taxes. Um, not not only the actual taxation, but also the the fear and the the disruption that was that will cause in business and and trade and et cetera. Um, also, the fact that that our economy is well overdue for a recession, and I'm not saying Q2 or Q3 is going to be the beginning of it, but we certainly could see it start to drop because the truth of the matter is we are swimming in debt here in the United States, and rates are slowly but surely rising okay um and and you know you add into that a lot of market turmoil especially in the stock market yeah i think one of the things for a weakening dollar is going to be a weaker economy the other thing is the fed okay now this is something i still think has to play out over the next you know second half of 2018 certainly um the fed i believe is coming up on the end of their tightening cycle I do. I, I think by the, two, the end of 2018, I've, I've made this call for a while now, and I'm going to double down on it. And I could be totally wrong off by a couple months or a quarter or two, but I think by the, by the end of 2018, um, the Fed will have stopped or reduced or reduced the rate at which they're tightening, stopped tightening, or reversed altogether. And, and most of what I'm talking about here is their quantitative tightening program. Their interest rates, you know, they can, that, that's a little bit more 
uncertain, okay? They haven't made a whole lot of commitments in terms of raising interest rates. They're not big into those types of commitments. They'll, they'll take it case by case, meeting by meeting. Um, and I think they'll probably raise another time this year. We, we couldn't say for sure, but um, I'm talking about their quantitative tightening. Now that is something that they have kind of laid out, set in stone. They've committed to it. Okay, I actually saw this article, and and you know maybe I'm totally wrong, but but I think this article erroneously said this is over in Zero Hedge from I think Phoenix Capital Management or something. They said that the Fed is tightening at a at a rate of fifty billion dollars uh, a month um, this starting this month. Uh, I think it's forty billion, and then starting in. October, it's going to jump up to 50 billion. But, you know, starting this month, they're going to start tightening faster, uh, meaning that they're going to reduce their balance sheet, remove liquidity from the system. We can expect rates to to likely uh, rise up. And and I think that, you know, that combined with so many other events and market forces, whether we're talking about trade war, what's going on in Europe, what's going on in China, uh, emerging markets, that's a huge one, emerging markets. Um, I... I just don't think the Fed is going to be able to to follow through on this commitment of theirs. You know, they are, it's getting pretty dangerous now, you know, as more and more liquidity is removed out of the system, as uh, specifically the markets, and as more, um, you know, debt buying, uh, you know, propping up of the bond markets is that that is slowly removed by the Fed reducing their balance sheet. I think it's going to become clear that the markets are not going to tolerate much more tightening and the Fed is going to reverse that. And of course, long story short here, how does this affect the dollar and precious metals? Well, it's going to be weak for the dollar when, when they slow down, stop or reverse it. And and I think that's going to be bullish for precious metals. And of course, I think, you know, whatever they do by the end of 2018 in terms of uh, loosening their monetary policy or slowing down how fast they're tightening, um, it's just the beginning of, of something much, much larger right? Just like um, any small amount of, of loosening back in 2017 or early 2018, that was just the beginning, right? We, we got several years of quantitative easing and 0% interest rate policy. So there's that. Um, two, two other factors as to why I think silver, and this is a little bit longer term, you know, six, you know, again, I'm, I'm kind of thinking the second half of 2018 as a whole, some, some things that we put an upward pressure on precious metals. First of all, uh, emerging markets, okay? Emerging markets have been having a rough time, okay? And by emerging markets, emerging currencies, whatever, I'm talking about countries like India or Brazil, Argentina, Mexico, Turkey, uh, South Africa. The, there's there's a lot of these ones out there that have really been struggling as a result of, of dollar tightening, dollar funding, funding tightening, and, and a rising dollar and some of Fed policies and, and, and more and more debt issuance. And it's, I think it's, they're in a tough spot and, and, and their, um, I guess their problems aren't really going away. I think a lot of people had expected that, that by now, you know, the, the, this bear market, more or less this, this downturn for emerging market currencies and, and, and stock markets and bond markets, et cetera, was going to be over by now, but, but it's continuing and it's continuing to spread, you know, one country after another has, has had to try and defend their currency through, you know, oftentimes the selling of, of currency reserves or, or raising interest rates or whatever. And in some ways they've been successful granted, you know, doing so, especially with raising interest rates, that's, 
going to put a strain on their economy. But oftentimes they haven't been right. Take take a look at like uh, Argentina. You know, they had a massive bailout from the from the IMF. They've tried to defend their currency multiple times now. It continues to fall. Their bond market continues to suffer. And, and I don't see that changing anytime soon because, again, you know, some of these things that are exacerbating these emerging market issues like the Fed uh, tightening, the U.S. government um, issuing more and more debt, those problems aren't going away anytime soon, you know, not until the Fed kind of reverses policy. Um, and so, you know, I think that's going to weigh on the global economy. It's, it's going to spread eventually to, to larger and larger economies. It's going to weigh on economies of Europe, of US and, and China, etc. Um, the other big effect that I think it's going to have, and, and I haven't seen a lot of people talk about this yet, but but it kind of, you know, came to mind when, when, when you know, I, I see like a country like India is um, beginning to have some of these issues. I think when it comes to silver and gold, we're going to see an uptick in demand, physical demand from emerging markets. Now, India is the biggest one that comes to mind, you know, besides China, if you consider China an emerging market or whatever. And, and if you do, you know, they would kind of fit the bill. Their, their stock market, their currency has been doing very poorly as well. But those types of, of countries uh, like India, like China um, and others, uh, Turkey, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I think you're going to see an uptick in physical demand for precious metals right? These people are, are no stranger to, to the, um, I guess, the prudence of owning physical assets, especially precious metals. Like, again, especially India is really what comes to mind. Now, you know, when, when, when they see um, their, their economy faltering or their currency or their stock market, I, I think it's just natural for these people to turn to precious metals. I think Americans, we seem to never learn, right? Uh, and by Americans, I'm talking about, you know, U.S. citizens specifically. We seem to never learn. Um, we, we, we need to be beat repeatedly over the head by crash after crash and whatever, but but we continue to go back into the paper markets and, and stock markets, et cetera. But I, I think these people overseas, they get it. And, and I think they're going to be a big driver of demand going forward. Um, and I think that's going to be bullish for precious metals. Now, the final thing I want to talk about, again, six months to a year, another reason as to why I think the physical markets can just not tolerate such low prices. Um, never mind oil. Well, I should say, you know, oil prices kind of tie into what I'm going to say here. I was going to totally disregard oil prices. They have been on the rise, and, and you're not seeing that reflected a ton in precious metals. But, you know, that kind of ties in nicely to what I'm going to say here. Um, price of production. Okay, the price of production, total cost, whatever you want to call it, per ounce for silver. Okay, now, if you go to the World Silver Survey, they have a great chart on this. Okay, and they show you, you know, dating back to 2017 and 2016, um, what is the cost of production for co-products mines? Right, they they don't really cover byproduct mines that's not so much of a consideration but co-product or or primary product mines whatever they happen to be um it covers the average price of production for silver throughout the year and and how much of a percentage is is at or under a specific cost now if you look at that and and on the surface you would see that roughly 50 percent of this co-product production was at or under I'd say $10, okay? Maybe even under $10, right around $10, okay? Now, 50%, you know, that's half, whatever, and some people will say, well, the average cost of production is $10. When you add in byproduct mining, it's it's even lower than that. Um, but that's not how physical markets work, 
okay? I've actually heard it said in the past, and it's a really good way of kind of summing it up. I think it was Chris Duane, actually, that said this, that, you know, silver, the price of silver, the physical price of silver is determined by the last couple ounces sold on the market. It was something along those lines. Basically what he's saying, you know, if you look at this chart in the World Silver Survey, there's a pretty steep curve all the way to the right, to the last couple percentage points of all the silver that was produced in 2017 or 2016, okay? You know, most of it, I would say 95%, maybe even more, of silver was produced at around or under, probably well under, $15 at these co-product mines, $15 an ounce, okay? That last 5%, though, was produced higher than that at 16, 17, maybe as high as 20 or $25 an ounce, okay? Now, that's obviously not very economic production to be producing at $20 or $25 an ounce plus CapEx. This is capital expenses added into that. Um, that makes no that makes no sense, and, and you might be thinking, you know, well, the market certainly can support lower prices, but if you remove that 3% or that 5% or whatever that's above $15, the markets just don't work anymore, right? There's not enough supply coming onto the market, right? That supply has to come from somewhere else. Either A, the prices go up from, from you know, on the on the mining side of things. They, they, I mean, that's just how a physical market would work. Or the price has to go up from, from other some other physical supplier. That, that could be stackers like you and I. It could be whatever. Um, you know, these, these, these massive vaults that hold silver or gold or whatever. I mean, that's how physical markets work, right? The price is really set by the last couple ounces traded or bought or sold or whatever. Um, and so I think that that's another big, you know, I guess if you want to call it bullish thing for silver, and at least if nothing else, a, a significant amount of support for silver. Now, again, this kind of ties into to oil prices and how oil prices have been, you know, more or less rising and, and uh, you know, throughout the year in 2018, um, you know, oil is energy prices in general, a significant component to the cost of mining. So it'll be interesting to see what the cost of mining will be in 2018. I'd expect that it'd be higher. Um, but, you know, that's that's another thing that I think will, will cause the price of production to go up. And the other, the other alternative is that the price continues to get smacked down on the paper market. And ultimately it's going to go much, much higher because the, the physical supply is just not keeping up with demand, right? A lot of this, most of the silver demand is not going to go away. It's, it's industrial or it's investment or whatever, and it's going to be there. It's going to continue to, to increase more or less. And, um, you know, there needs to be supply to meet that. So, so I hope this video has been helpful. You know, this is my roundabout way of saying, yeah, the, how low will silver go? Not much lower. I think there's a lot of things that are in place to support it. I could be totally off base. I could be totally wrong here. Um, but if that's the case, let me know in the comment section. Let me know if I'm wrong. Uh, I, I think this whole idea of being in a tight trading range for both silver and gold, but especially silver, it's not over yet. You know, this this small jump lower through that support line could be very similar to the jump higher through the resistance line, uh, you know, around $17, the, the two jumps we had there. So it's hard to say, but, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts in this video down below on the comment section. As always, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, and God bless.